Finishing up a series that's been very popular here. Uh, I've had so much positive feedback over these five weeks that we've looked at the book of Judges from the Old Testament. And so hopefully you're much more educated, much more informed about the book of Judges, this ancient writing of the history of Israel after coming into the promised land. What did that look like? And uh, we'll get to that in a few moments, but we've looked at five, today will make five different uh, individuals who are heroes in these stories. And hopefully what you've learned from this is heroes are much like you and I. They're much like you and I. And uh, these folks uh, have been just normal people, everyday people, just like you and me, but used of God in an extraordinary way. And so that gives hope to you, gives hope to me. And today we're going to see that with the person we're going to look at as well, who's the fifth and final figure, who happens to be uh, one of my favorite figures in all of the Bible. But he struggled with the will of God, you know, determining the will of God. What is God's will in this situation? Now, Fortunately, nobody here struggles with that, right? <laughs> Trying to determine God's will. Uh, but how many of you would be honest enough to say, I've wondered what God thought or wondered what God wanted me to do in a situation, to go left, go right, take this, take that, don't do this, don't do, you know, anybody? Yeah. So several of us, uh, probably all of us, have at one point in time wondered, you know, if there is a God and he's up there, what's he want? And so today, we're going to look at a guy who had that struggle, who had that same exact struggle. And once again, we're going to see a cycle uh, in the people of Israel that we have seen throughout this entire series. So if you have a Bible, Judges chapter 6, uh, if you have it on your device, if you're looking that up in version, we have the notes there as well. If you don't have either one of those, we'll pull it up on the screen. And uh, here it is, chapter 6. says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Now, this is a pattern, all right? What we have seen is the people of Israel, they disobey, and then there's destruction or defeat, and then there's despair, and then God sends deliverance. And it's like, repeat the cycle. Every so many years, once again, this happens, and it, it just continues to repeat. And God raises up by His grace, by His mercy, in spite of the fact that people mess up again. Right? Anybody here been the recipient of God's mercy and grace in spite of the fact that you messed up again, you know. I'm so glad we serve a God who doesn't say, too bad, too late, it's over. Uh, he still, by his grace and mercy, brings us back. But seven years again, the Midianites have afflicted the people 
of God. And check it out in this next verse. Here's what it says. Midian so impoverished the Israelites. Because here's what they would do. Is the Israelites would be growing their crops. And it'd get just about harvest time. And here'd come the Midianites. And they would wipe out the harvest. Just, just destroy everything. Till there was nothing left. And so Israel, the Israelites, are like starving to death. They're just barely able to survive because they, they grow this harvest. Like, Maybe this is here. They won't come. Maybe they won't come destroy our crops. We'll get them all raised, and then we'll have a harvest. And nope, here they'd come. <clears throat> Wipe it out. So they cried out to the Lord for help. So again, the cycle uh, of what would happen, and they'd cry out. And, and, and here's what happened. They, they would go into this cycle of so many years in despair. And I, I know that there's got to be people here that you look at other people and you say, how long are you going to keep doing that? You ever done that? How long are you going to stay stubborn? How long are you going to keep not obeying God? How, how long are you going to keep trying to do it your way? Any Sinatra fans in the house? Huh? Sinatra used to sing, I did it my way, right? And that sounds so good. Except how many found your way isn't always a good way? It's not always good, you know. Like, mm, I so thought that was going to turn out nice, you know. So thought that was going to be good. And so, exactly what happens here. And so, God raises up a man who will determine and do his will. And so, I want us to look at the life of Gideon this morning as an encouragement to how you can find the will of God for your life. Does that sound good? How you can determine what is it, God, that you want me to do. So here's the first thing to write down if you're taking notes, is you need to want God's will more than yours. You need to want God's will more or over yours. God never forces his will on anyone. Have you seen that? I mean, he will not force it. You know, you, you pray for a lost loved one. Oh, God, save my, my husband. Oh, God, save my brother or my sister or my uncle or, or whoever it is. And you say, oh, God, get a hold of them or whatever. God doesn't get a hold of them. You notice that? And drag them here next Sunday. He doesn't do that. And so God doesn't force his will on us. Instead, God invites us into a relationship and encourages us to trust him and to invest our lives eternally rather than for our own. And it's all the power of choice. You know, it's kind of like at Christmas. Maybe this happens if you've got small kids at Christmas time and you open up some gifts and the, you know, you start getting the parts out, and there's all these different parts, and you think, oh, you know, like, here, let me help you put this together. No, I do it myself. <laughs> and you're like, mm, no, that, that's not going to be good. 
But no, no, I do it myself. And maybe as a parent, you say, okay. And they're like, trying to put this thing together. And it doesn't turn out. And they finally get frustrated. And they get upset. And they say, I need help. To which you're like, yeah, now you want. But you go ahead, right, and hop in there and help put it together so the head's on the right end of the body and whatever and, and, you know, make sure the toy gets put together. The same happens with the children of God. We tell God, no, 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 no. I do it myself. I figure out my life myself. I figure out what I want to do, where I want to work, how I want to live, who I want to marry, what I want to do with my life. I I do it myself. Hello? And how does that work out, right? Gets all discombobulated and it turns out that it's not working. Maybe that's the reason why you're here today is because it's not working so well. And so God, in the midst of all this mess, uh, sends them a prophet. So let's pick it up. Here, here's what it says. That when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet because God's so faithful to still speak to us even though we haven't been listening to him. Hello? Even though we've not been listening, God will still speak to us. And here, here's what he does. He, he says, I brought you up out of Egypt, gives them a little history lesson, out of the land of slavery, I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, they were way more powerful than you, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors, I drove them out before you and gave you their land, and I said to you, I am the Lord your God, do not worship the little g-gods. Of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. See, they, they, they would not listen. God said, all you got to do is serve me. That's it. But they got attracted to the little G-gods of the enemy, and, and they got involved in all that and lost the purpose of God. And God says, you know, I've been working this for generations. I've been working this clear back in Egypt. And I've got a plan to use you as a light to the world. And it's not just for you. In other words, it's not about how many toys you can accumulate and die with. Because none of those are going with you anyway. And so it's not about how many awards you can have on the wall and whatever, and how much money you can accumulate and different things like that. It's not about that. God says, I've got something bigger in mind to where it's not about the the life you just live. It's the legacy you leave. And so God's interested in us serving him to such an extent that it outlives us. Isn't that incredible? That, that, that our legacy goes beyond just the right here and right now. And I, I just wrote down four things that if we would just seek these in God's will for our lives, because let me tell you something, folks. God's will 
The big picture of God's will has never changed. Here's God's will. That he be worshipped above all others. Not because he's arrogant and wants it or needs it. It's because he deserves it. It's because who else do you know that's built a universe like he has, right? And so he deserves all glory, honor, and praise. It's not about, it's not about, oh, he's waiting on it. He can't live without it. No, you can't live without it. It's really the thing. See, you, you need to give to him all the worship. And so he be worshiped. And then his kingdom be lived out on this earth even as it is in heaven. And that all nations would come to know him because God doesn't want anyone left out of his plan. And that we be transformed into the image of his son. So, before you get all caught up in, oh God, send me the right girlfriend. Oh, I need a girlfriend, God, you know. Oh, oh. and I, I pick her. Okay, God, please let her say yes, you know, when I ask her out. And uh, oh, oh, God, I need this car. It's such a nice sports car, God. And, and I need this. I want this, God. Oh, would you? Oh, oh, God, I need this job, God. Would you just provide this? Because I'd have so much money. That'd be awesome, you know. And before you go there, ask yourself, Will this allow the God who created the heavens and the earth to be worshipped above everything else? Will it bring God's kingdom down to this earth even as it is in heaven? Will it cause the nations of the world to be reached with the name of Jesus? And will I be more transformed into the image of his son? There's the questions to ask before who do I need to date or whatever, right? It's a bigger question. And so here's what God does. God's trying to turn this thing around. So he speaks to a man named Gideon. Verse 12, here's what it says. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now this is like a joke. Okay, it seems like a joke because in the midst of this, Gideon is hiding and he's got a little dab of harvest and he's hoping the Midian, Midianites won't find it. And so while he's hiding in this hole and, and he's got this, this harvest there, God says, oh, mighty warrior. Who are you talking to, right? Look at, look at the next verse. He says... Um, I love this. Uh, pardon me, <laughs> Lord. Uh, but if the Lord is with us, maybe you've asked this question. Why has all this happened? You know, hey, I, I, I start going to crossroads and my finances got worse. <laughs> I, I start going to crossroads and, and, and I lost my job. 
Hey, hey, she broke up with me. Hey, hey, I thought, I thought if I start going to church, if I start carrying a Bible around, if I even start quoting some verses or whatever here and there, that, that you know, all of a sudden I'd have all kinds of money. Come on now. I'd have, you know, all of this stuff. I'd be blessed. What's up with this? You ever asked that? Gideon did. Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Now, the Lord has abandoned. That's how he feels. I think you've abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. Look at the next verse. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the... Midian's hand, am I not sending you? In other words, don't go in the strength you don't have. I can't do it. I, I don't just what you just give what you got. And then he says, uh, Pardon me again, Lord, uh, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. In other words, of the least, I'm the least of the least. Okay? Like when we pick teams at school, I'm always last. So I, I, I'm like, if there's a long line of people, I'm the tail. Okay? I, 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 I don't know how anyone could see me as any hero or anyone to deliver God's people, but here's what God says, I'm with you, I'm with you, you go in the strength that you do have, not the strength somebody else has, not the gifting somebody else has, maybe you can't sing like they can, maybe you can't preach like they can, maybe you can't do like they do, maybe you can't be that person, but God's not calling that person, God's calling you, and the reason why he's calling you maybe is because you are the least of the least, and he's going to get the most glory out of using the least of the least, because who could believe it? Who could believe it? Look at verse 16. He says, the Lord says, I will be with you, and you will strike down all of the Midianites, leaving none alive. He is talking to change his perspective. There were 10 spies who came back to the people of Israel and said, we can't do it. Can't go into the promised land. We can't take it. There's giants over there, and we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. Two came back and said, and we're not talking about what we can do. We're talking about what God can do. God took us through a sea. God delivered us from one of the most powerful nations on the earth. God's provided food for us day and night. I think God can handle giants. But you know what happened? The people believed the majority. And the majority vote got them in trouble. See, when you listen to the crowd, sometimes it'll get you in trouble. When you listen to other people, it'll get you in trouble. You need to listen to what God says. And God says, I'm going to be with you, and you're going to win. You're going to defeat the enemy. So here's the next thing to write down is walk by faith, not by sight. 
If you're going to obey God and walk in the will of God, you're going to walk by faith and not by sight. You're going to walk with an unseen God to an unknown future. And God was calling things that were not as though they were. He was saying, you are a mighty warrior. Now, at that time, he wasn't. But he's going to become one. And see, God may look down into this room today and say, you mighty children's worker, you. What? I don't even like kids that much. Don't even like my own all the time, you know? Why would I volunteer in kids' ministry? And God says, well, I want to use you. I I can use somebody like that. You see, God looks down and says, hey, Hey, I want to use you. And, and, and you say, well, I, I don't know where I could be used. Well, I, I need somebody who can smile and wave at people when they come into the parking lot at church and set the tone and set the mood for them to be welcomed into the presence of God every Sunday. And you can do that. You can smile. You can wave. Okay, God, use me. You see, and God uses people in our midst that that sometimes we don't understand it because God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so what he does is he he uses people that, that we wouldn't use because that way God gets to show off, right? God gets to demonstrate his power. And in chapter 7, here's what happens. Let me just speed the story up. Gideon says, okay, God, I'll do it. And he assembles the people, and 32,000 men come to fight the enemy. They're outnumbered. They're outnumbered. Seriously outnumbered. But, hey, we got 32,000. Plus, we got God. And God says, you got too many. Uh, God, we're outnumbered. Maybe you didn't count. <laughs> Maybe you need some help with the numbers. Uh, uh, we're already outnumbered. And, and God says, no, nope, no, nope, make an announcement. Whoever wants to go home and not risk their lives and fight, go ahead. Anybody know how that turns out? <laughs> 20,000 men go home. And so now he's down to about a third of what he had. And, and so the, the enemy so has them outnumbered, and God says, mm, it's still too many. It's still too many. What? Yep. Take them down to the river and, and look at them as they drink, and, and I'll tell you what to do. And, and as Gideon's looking... 300 men reach down and get the water and bring it up to their mouth and lap it like a dog. And he says, that 300, that's your guys. Send the rest home. 300 now. The ratio is something like 480 to 1. How do you like those odds? 480 to 1. And so... This just seems impossible, but God explains what he's trying to do. Look at this in verse 2 of chapter 7. It says, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or, here's why, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. See, maybe today, 
the reason why you pray and you get weaker. Maybe the reason why you pray for your kids that are away from God and it just seems like the more you pray, the further they go away from God. Maybe the reason why your health is failing you and you're getting weaker and nothing seems to turn it around. Maybe the reason why you apply for jobs and none of them seem to materialize and you're like, hey, my resources are going down. God, do you not see what's happening here? Come on, God. What's happening? You you got to turn this thing around. And, and you're praying. And you're praying over those. Maybe the reason why is because God wants to leave no doubt in your mind or your family's mind or anybody else's mind that it wasn't you that brought you out. It wasn't you that made the difference. It was God who came through. Hallelujah. See, God alone wants to get the praise and the worship from it. See, that's why Jesus said, hey, you don't have to worry about it. Whenever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. And if two of you will agree on earth as touching anything you will ask, it shall be done of my Father in heaven. You know what that means? God is not helped. Listen to this. God is not helped by many and he is not hindered by few. God's victory is not won by a mob. It's won by a miracle. You see, God, all he needs to do is do one miracle, and in a moment, it can change. Now, uh, let, me, let me again speed this up. Gideon, he's like, oh, I, I'm still nervous, God. Uh, 300, 300, we're, we're 400 and some to one. I, I mean, th these aren't good odds, you know. And, and so, God, I'll tell you what. I'll put a piece of fleece out tonight. And if in the morning when I get up, it's wet and the ground's dry, then I'll know you're going to bring us victory. He goes to bed, gets up the next day. He can wring water out of that fleece and the ground's dry. Oh, that's enough, right? God spoke. Nah. Oh, God, tonight... Let the fleece be dry and the ground be wet and then I'll know that you're speaking to me. And so God, the next day, allows him to get up. The fleece is dry as a bone and the ground is wet. You see, some of you, you want God to make it so clear that no faith is involved. The Bible says Without faith, it is impossible to please him. See, and some of us, some of us, we're praying, oh, God, make it clear. Oh, God, show, show exactly what it is. God, uh, I heard somebody did a fleece one time. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're outnumbered one to 400 and something against the enemy, maybe God will do a fleece for you. 
if you're really trying to tackle things that big for God, then maybe, maybe God will do that. But in most cases, the unseen God wants us to trust Him for an unseen future, and you'll never walk on water until you step out of the boat. So you got to walk by faith, not by sight. And here's the last thing, though, God does, is then watch for signs. Watch for signs. Not signs before you move, but after. Because as you take a t- step of faith, then God, because you took the step of faith, can give confirming signs to you. God does something to provide signs. You're afraid, but you obey. And you may look up here and you say, well, Craig, you know, I- I'm sure you're never afraid. Let me tell you something, friend. I freak out every week, all right? <laughs> Literally. I mean, I got to get up here and say something I didn't say last week. I got to get up here and say something I didn't say last year. I got to get up here every week and give a fresh word from the Holy Spirit to this group of hundreds of people that will show up and say, what you got? (laughs) Don't talk to me about being afraid. Let me tell you something. It's not about fear. It's about obedience. It's about, you can be freaked out, afraid, scared to death in that chair, but somewhere between that chair and up here, you act in faith and you get up there and guess what? The Holy Spirit comes along and helps you and enables you to do what you cannot do in your own power, in your own strength. So Gideon, Gideon, uh, God speaks to him and says, you got to get rid of these little G's. No more little G's. No more little gods. And so Gideon goes around, tears down all the little gods overnight. And somebody says, I think I saw who did it. Is that Gideon? And they come to Gideon's house. And Gideon's dad goes outside and says, you ain't messing with my boy. You ain't messing with my boy. What he did, he did, whatever. You just go back home. And Gideon thought, oh, wow, that's something. Dad never acted bowed up like that, you know, all, uh, all big and everything. And, and so then, then Gideon, God speaks to him and says, I know, I know, 300 to thousands, it seems crazy. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do one more thing for you. You go down to the enemy camp tonight. And you take this guy with you, and you just go listen, and you'll, you'll know that I'm going to win this victory. And so Gideon goes down there, and he sneaks up with this other guy, and they get close to the enemy camp. And two guys are talking, and the one guy says, you know what? I had a dream last night. I had a dream that some barley came along and came rolling down and crashed into the tent of the Midianites and just... Flattened it. And the other guy said, well, I know what that is. That is none other than Gideon and the Israelites. That, what that dream means is that Gideon's going to come rolling through here and flatten all of us. And the Bible says they were scared. And Gideon went back home, yes. <laughs> yes. And he's like, come on, 300 dudes, we're taking them. 
And they go into the battle, and sure enough, God wins the victory, turns the enemy on the enemy, because the God that I serve is mighty enough that you don't even need to do the battle yourself at times. He can cause the enemy to fight the enemy, and the people who are the haters lose out because of God and his move. And so God confirms his word, and this is the big thing. Even though he stumbled, okay, and even though Gideon's scared to death, he did what God asked him to do. He just stepped out into obedience. And here's what I want you to go home with today, okay? One word. The word is yes. That's it. Because you, you know what? Whatever God wants, here's what your answer needs to be. Just one. One word. Yes. What do you want, God? Yes. I'll do it. Where do you want me to go? Yes. I'll do it. What do you want me to do? Anything in life, I'll do it. Yes. And you know what? Yes people are the kind of people that God's looking for this morning. I wonder if there's some yes people in the house today. Some people who may not know all the answers. You may not know how God's going to work it out. You may not know how God's going to pay the bills. You may not know how God's going to pull you out. You may not know how the healing's going to come. You may not know how that child's going to return home. You may not know how he's going to fix this thing. But what you do know is, is my answer to him for anything is yes, 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 I'll follow you, I'll serve you wherever you want me to go whatever you want me to do my answer is yes 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 let's pray father we thank you this morning that there is power in yes god i think about how i said yes that i'd come to avon indiana and how we didn't know if anybody even show up or what would happen. We had no idea that a four million plus dollar building and property would sit here today to the glory of God. That hundreds of people would be reached in this building and via podcast all over the place. And so God, we praise you for it because it's you that made it happen. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I I know that obedience is the way. I want my answer to God to be yes. Wherever he wants me to go, whatever he wants me to do, I, I know that he'll make a way even where there seems to be no way that God will win the victory. It's not by a mob, it's by a miracle and we serve a miracle working God and if God can use anything, if he can use the least of the least like Gideon, then I want him to use me in whatever way he sees fit. If you're like me and that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand and say yes to God today? all over again. Father, I thank you for the many hands that are raised. God, for an army of people that, that can be used of you to reach this community, to reach our world, and to do what's never been done before. And so, God, I pray that you'll just enable us today as we step out of the boat. 
God, I'm asking that you'll help people to step out of the boat, to just do an act of faith, to, to not wait and, until it's so clear that it takes no faith, but God, instead, that we'll step out and trust you and believe you. Whatever it is, we'll give, we'll, we'll share, we'll, we'll, we'll give our time, we'll, we'll do whatever, knowing that you're a God that can multiply back to us even a hundred times over. We thank you for it. While we're still praying, there may be someone else here today that would be honest enough to say, you know what, I've tried to put the pieces together myself. I've tried to say, God, no thanks. I, I don't want you. I, I, I can do this myself. I do it myself. But I realize that I need bigger hands. I need a bigger mind. I need someone who's put a universe together to come help me put my life together. And if you'd like the God who originated this universe and originated really your life, to put your life maybe back together or put it on track with Him. And you'd like to surrender to Him today and, and just give your life to Him. I want to help you to do that. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if that's you this morning, would you just raise a hand and say, yes, that's me this morning and I need Him. Yes, yes, I see that hand. Yes, over here, God bless you. Over here, God bless you. Over here, several hands. All right. Several hands have been raised around the room, down toward the front, back toward the back. So everyone in Crossroads, just pray this prayer with me right now. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus as the sacrifice for sin to pay my penalty so that I can be free. Today I accept your covering over all of my sin. And I ask for a new start, for a new life, that from this point forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. I want to live out your purpose for why I'm here on this earth. And I thank you for accepting me as a child of God today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, let's celebrate those. It's awesome.